Greetings and welcome to 30 Minutes with Mark, more than 30. I'm your host, Mark Cotonier. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Kusi Luka, who is a proud kinga and a co-founder of a startup known as Spadarasa. We talk about his journey from a very young age, working with businesses to date, as well as his many passions around reading and his proud culture of the kingas. We hope that you enjoyed this particular conversation as much as we enjoyed making it. Welcome. Kusi, welcome to today's episode. Thank you. It hasn't really been uh, a long time since I asked you to come to the pod. And it really means a lot uh, that you showed up today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I'm honored. I like the way that we connected um, over setting up this one because it was so technological that I had to synchronize my, uh, the appointment today with my calendar, my calendar and your calendar. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first for me, <laughs> you know, that first I meeting. had, to, yes, that I had to uh, find a way to synchronize my calendar mm. to another person's calendar. Mm, mm, mm. So that was like, first time I was like, okay, this yeah. is, this is interesting. I know your name, that uh, is Kusiluka. Yes. But not the second part of it. Mm. And I know that you're working um, in a startup that is called Smart Darasa. Mm. So let's start there. Mm. Why education? Okay. Um, so uh, they say uh, the future, the future of everything starts from the beginnings. Yeah. Um, so as Africans, whatever we feed in these early minds, this fragile mind is what is the outcome of the nation. Yeah. So um, education is so close to me because it, it has really changed my fortune. When I was a kid just in class five, I think. We used to read these books from advanced advanced level. So yeah. there was one thing about dissecting a frog and something like that. Yeah. But we organized a team of like five of our friends, like in class six. We got a frog. Uh, we just, we didn't, and there was no Google in the time. So one of our friends was reading much those books. So it's like, hey, we need to have a place where to put this frog, you know, put some pins on her, on her. On her. She, uh, it was a female frog. Yeah. You know, um, we should have at least a Panadol, put some water. Yeah. And, you know, stick a needle uh, to the frog and everything. So science has been uh, the thing that I love since. So we dissect the frog, we expected it to live, but it died. Because we did a poor job. We did some panadols on the stomach and everything, you know, just <laughs> to ease the pain. But uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. So I think the entrepreneurship culture of, you know, creating teams and making something happen. Yeah. And also the love of science started then. Then uh, what happened when I went further, when I was in Form 1, I was asking the Form 2s, when are we going to the laboratory? They're saying, ah, oh, wait, when we reach Form 2, when I'm in Form 2, when are we going to the laboratory when we're Form 3? Yeah. So we, my first encounter with the lab was, I think, Form 2 to just be told, ah, oh, from my, uh, I was lucky. I think it was from one, we were just being shown the, the equipment, various tools. Then from two, we started, you know, going a little bit deep. From three, we started doing experiments. Now, that was a private school. Yeah. From four, yeah, we came to do more experiments um, over time. Now, in advanced school, I went on a... So, that was the... Um, I, I said, okay. I thought it would be more fun, but it was a structured way of doing experiments. Yeah. To me, I had all, I had my own kind of lab at home. I would create acids, I would create bases, I would, I would, I would have drawings of um, electrical components, uh, a remote controlled car and everything. I wanted to make my own radio station. Yeah. So I was really passionate and learning things about science. Yeah. So when I entered Advance, it was more hard because I went to a government school. I had to cram rather than understand. You teach yourself everything. We, we go to the laboratory only once per year. Or, and there's a lot of things you learn in theory. Now, um, 
After that, I was like, I don't, I'm not going to attack engineering. I took PCM. Yeah. I had division two. Yeah. Good enough to go in engineering classes, but I said, I'm not going to do engineering. Yeah. Because I don't want to cram. Yeah. To me, I wanted to be an inventor since, you know, my room was filled with a lot of things. Yeah. I wanted to be an inventor. But this education, and I, I think I was lucky. I was lucky early on to know what I want. Yeah. You know, um, so I was like, um, this kind of education, I don't want to be an engineer to just be paid. Yeah. I want to invent something. Yeah. I want to build something that is going to help millions of people. Yeah. So I, I saw that the Tanzanian education or the education path that I had. Yeah. Didn't uh, prepare me for the person I want to be. Yeah. So it was a really hard time because it was a change of um, everything. Mm. After that year that I was supposed to go to uni, I didn't go to uni. Mm. I I was uh, chosen at NIT. My dad wanted me to take uh, some petroleum engineering kind of things. Yeah. Didn't want. I chose marketing instead. Yeah. But I hated marketing because uh, it was it sounded like an employee kind of work. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what to study. I asked my dad to take a leap year. He didn't want me to take a leap year. So I just took the whole um, school fees, university fees. I started an industry at Mabibo. Yeah. So we used to create um, these, um, at the time, you know, these flavored popcorn were just entering the market. Yeah. So they were for the adult people. So we created popcorn that is uh, for primary school students. Yeah. Create it, we package it, then we deliver in the morning. Yeah. So we would even create up to 3,000 pieces per day. You know, I was applying to around 10 schools using a bicycle. And I was, the only, <laughs> I was the person who was, you know, delivering. So after a while, I told my dad um, that I, I wasn't studying. And, that, and um, the main issue I didn't go to, 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 to university was I didn't know what to study. Yeah. Now, I'm saying, uh, as I, I said, I, I was lucky to know what I want and what I don't want. Yeah. I just didn't want to take a course for the sake of taking a course. Yeah. I wanted to know why. I doing this? So after doing business, I knew, okay, I'm not good at managing people. Well, I had a really soft heart, you know, uh, finances and what I was okay. Now when my dad found out and it was like, you have to either take school yeah. or you do business first. So I chose taking school because I don't want to be old and stuff than going back to school. So yeah. I took business administration from there on. I finished my year 2021. I met Elias. Yeah. And he was working on the solution of uh, Smart Deras. Yeah. You know, they're helping students learn practically from any place at affordable, you know, prices. I was like, yeah, this is it. If I could have this, I wouldn't have switched the lane. Yeah. So I, I, I joined the cause in, in helping um, students understand what they learn in class. Yeah. Yeah. In a more practical way at a very cheaper um at a very cheaper cost. So I've taken the whole journey to just show you how the decision making process was easier for me. It's because it was uh, a personal problem. Yeah. And being in a government school, I, I know a lot of people who, who had these problems, advanced schools, I wreck. And you can even see it in numbers because they, there are over 2 million students in all level. Yeah. But it's only 100,000 students makes to A level. Now it's only 6% conversion rate. Yeah. So yeah, you can, uh, that's the magnitude of Problems. Now, where do all these 1.9 million people go? Yeah. Streets, you know, so it's hard. Um, STEM subjects are taught in more cramming way. Yeah. They are to the future. Uh, we want to make them uh, easy to understand for the students so that they can become inventors, yeah. change ways, you know, develop easier methods of doing things. Yeah. So that's the, a little bit of history yeah. <laughs> and uh, what I do. Yeah. It's a very interesting take uh, of things. And because it is slightly long, uh, gives the context of what you do. But I think the, the very interesting thing that I've seen uh, you doing with Smart Darasa now, mm. if you can tell us what that is, is how you can convert 
things into 3D art mm. and that someone can actually see let's say a dissected frog right there in front of their eyes mm. now what exactly is this technology that you're using yeah so um it's not new i mean you use it people use it people use it every day yeah it's the filters you use Snapchat and everything. So it's called augmented reality. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't understand, augmented reality keep brings new things in your environment. Yeah. So it's the same environment, but we're bringing a, a, a digital world on top of it. Yeah. So the filters bring a new face on your face. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you see, uh, you can create characters on top of your desk um, using, I don't know, those little uh, animations that you can do with um, Instagram, I think. I think it's Instagram or Snapchat. Yeah. You know, so um, avatars. those avatars, yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing, but we just diverted the use. Uh, we want to make more impact in education. So we, we diverted the use to education. Yeah. You know, so schools don't have equipment. In more than 70% of schools in Tanzania yeah. either do not have a lab or do not have under-equipped laboratories. Yeah. Students have to remember that and understand. So using the technology now, teachers can show the reality of things they teach in class. Yeah. In an easy way. Mm. You know, a teacher drawing a skeleton on the board, it's time consuming. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Now students cannot really understand, cannot really grasp, even if it's on their bodies. Yeah. So using that technology, you can show it on top of the desk. So this is how a skeleton is. Yeah. Things that they were supposed to go to do in the laboratory. Yeah. They do it in the real life setting. So that augmented reality technology, this 3D technology, we used to draw everything you see. So if it's the brain, if it's the heart, if it's the cell, anything else we do it in 3D, then augmented reality brings it in your environment. Yeah. So you have a set of technologies that we use. Mm. There's also 2D technology to show the processes. So if it's, um, you know, blood going through the human body and everything, the growth of a fetus and everything, we use um, our 2D technology to do that. So it's a, it's a combination of various technologies to make smart derasa, smart derasa. Yeah. So is there a place or a school that if somebody goes today, in Tanzania, mm. that smart derasa is there. Yeah, um, there are a couple of places, but are you, it's not that much direct because we are still in our beta phase. Yeah. So what we have done, we've created a package that um, that we, we sell it to the public for them to just know who we are, yeah. what we are doing, mm. and them to understand what we are trying to change. Yeah. So that's a better th- better product. So we call it Smart Cards Volume One. Yeah. But right now we're creating the full product. We're yeah. creating the full product to cut um, the whole all-level system. Mm-hmm. You know, so we expect to launch the Form 1 to Form 2 by March to June yeah. next year. And, you know, to finish the Form 4 by from around June to December. Yeah. So that the, the full system now is what we can sell it to schools as offline software. Yeah. Students can do experiments as much as they can yeah. with no waste of chemicals, no extra expenses, no breaking of laboratory tools. Yeah. All that can be done virtually. Yeah. We have um application now that is full right now. It's, you know, it's a better yeah. have a website that is full. So there is no an actual school that is using, but their users, they are, now it's, it's more than 800 users who have used our products in one way or, or another, our better app. Congratulations. Thank you. It is very interesting the way that you say this integration of technology and education and how fast it bridges the gap of resources availability. Mm. And I think it's interesting market that you guys are trying to bridge, Mm. you know, because when you say, for example, you can show a skeleton, you can show a heart and how the blood flows and a student can literally see how a heart looks like rather than just imagining it while they're drawing it. Mm. That already saves a lot of time for the teacher. Yeah, 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 90% of the time. It brings context into uh, the class. Have you guys been able to bring this um, innovation to policymakers? 
Yes, um, we're on it uh, at the moment because we, we were shy of it because we didn't have enough content. Yeah. Right now we we have enough content and we have already started approaching um, various government sectors yeah. to work with the government. But um, as madrasas, madrasa can also start um, in its way with the private schools and individual people. Yeah. But the impact we want to see is in the government schools. And it's a good thing that the government is now restructuring education, yeah. moving a more digital um, way. Yeah. So it's the perfect timing for us to engage with these um, policymakers and the like. So we're we, we actually working on that right now. Yeah. Running an ed tech startup, I think might be one of the hardest things to do. <laughs> like among other things, the headaches that, you know, because the biggest question that I've really come across is who is going to buy this, mm. you know, and there's a lot of skepticism when people are looking for backers that, you know, maybe this is not solving uh, the world's problem. Mm. This is not um, an Android app. You know, this is not going to scale up very quickly, mm. you know, and all that particular sermon. How do you guys find yourself in running Smadarasa? So Smadarasa initially it was bootstrapped. Yeah. Uh, the initial founders, then um, 2019, it received a grant from Costec. Yeah. So uh, it was $10,000 grant. It helps to, you know, move from a prototype to a better stage. Yeah. So from there, from since tw- late 2020, t- been bootstrapping uh, until I joined 2021, still bootstrapping, still bootstrapping up to now. Yeah. We're grateful that we have received um, another grant from Costec to yeah. take the product from now better phase to go to a, a complete product for our level. Yeah. So we are now doing our best, but um, we have been, uh, we've gone through the startup journey, um, hustling uh, to make ends meet while you're also trying to survive as a company. Yeah. So that has been our way. And um, when you talked about um, the skepticism is that um, I think uh, Steve Jobs put it away. Sometimes people don't know what they want. Yeah. Also when you would have uh, indirectly um, parents uh, enter a lot of cost paying for practicals during the exams. Yeah. You know, even in schools, they have to, the schools, especially the government schools. It was just um, days before when um, we have this kid um, taking government schools, school education was asking for, uh, I think it was 1000 every week yeah. to do practicals at school. Now it's near nectar. That is how, why they're going to the laboratory yeah. for a student. So then before they didn't even go to the laboratory, now they're going to just cram the process. Yeah. So indirectly, they spend this 1000 2000 1000 2000 uh, and it makes up a whole, let's say, 20K per year. Yeah. But uh, as a solution, we're trying to price it around 15,000 a year. You can get the whole practicals from geography, physics, chemistry, and biology. Yeah. All at your own comfort. Yeah. So if it's a student using a brother's or sister's phone or father's or mother's phone, yeah. and do that at home, or if it is a teacher uh, with no tools in the laboratory, and also teach practically using um, our solution. So um, we understand um, how the market acts. There will be uh, naysayers, skepticism at first, but at the end of the day, people adapt. Yes. So what is the wow factor when people come across Smart Darasa that this is their primary reaction (laughs) when you tell them that we have this particular product? What like captivates them? I mean, it's beautiful seeing people's faces because it's the... We're one of the first companies to actually do this in a, in a, in a, in education. Yeah. Even in Africa, we're among the first pioneers of this technology and everything. Yeah. So uh, the beauty is looking at people's reaction and faces. Is, and people are amazed to see 
Yeah. And also super amazed to see like Africans, we can actually do this. Mm. So it pushes us to that limit that, okay, um, we are solving a problem, but we're also changing people's mindsets in terms of uh, the inferiority complex. Like people, as Africans, we also think the good innovations all must come from the whites, must come from America, and I don't know, yeah. and the likes. But um, we can solve our own problems and that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole uh, philosophy behind Smadaras is to create people who can solve their own problems. Yeah. Because if you cram, you can't understand how things work to actually tweak the system. Yeah. You need to understand the rules so that you can break them. Yeah. So if you can't even understand the rules, you can't break anything. You just be, uh, you just follow the path. Yeah. So we are creating people who actually understand what they're learning. Yeah. So they can um, create a new way of working that can work in Africa. Yeah. Because as Africans, we have our own different set of values, our own set of beliefs, yeah. our own way of working that is contra is is contrast to any culture, is contrast to any um, nation. Yeah. So we need to have our own ways of working. So that is what we are trying to challenge as a company. Yeah. But also, we love the reaction people have because um, people own. Uh, we we have created where people also people own the the invasion. Like, uh, thank you for doing this i mean you help our generations you help the future of generations so we like it it's 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 by the people for the people that's 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 the philosophy here so there is this flow of capital Mm. from venture capitalists to africa and there is a pattern that nigeria will receive the biggest bag egypt then south africa then nairobi and then maybe a little bit of money comes to tanzania Mm. have you ever thought that if we were not here, we would have been several steps forward. Or it has been like, we are here, let's make it work here. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it's a two-way sword, we say. Yeah. So being here has its challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, Tanzania, we're a bit far behind. Yeah. But also being there could have posed also another challenges because there are a lot of people now. Yeah. So being here, creating your own path is easy. Uh, it's hard, but it's um, it has a lot of value, a lot of potential. It's you on the market. Um, you, you're doing your best, you know, staying ahead of people. Yeah. Less competition. Mm. Being there also challenges your mind, you know. The big bag of money, as you say, flows there easily yeah. and everything. So um, maybe, it may it may be at by 80% that being there yeah. would have accelerated our, our work because Madrasa is a capital-intensive company. Yeah. And the skills that we need are really rare. We've just closed our internship program. Yeah. We're looking for 3D developer, 2D developer, a web developer, and a business developer. We got none of the 3D developer. Yeah. Because the, these are kind of new things in Tanzania. Yeah. So I think being there um, with a country that has changed its education system, like Nigeria, yeah. since the early 2000s, it has had employment at high rates since the early 2000s. I mean, people are re- have really um, a different approach in doing things and skill sets and everything. So... We, I may say by eighty percent, we may, we may, we may, we we could have had a different um, trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Are you planning to relocate? No, 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 no. I mean, the that's the beauty of here. Yeah. Now you have more than sixty million people in Tanzania. Yeah. We're considering options, but I can say because mm. um sometimes you should being stuck in your own ways and thinking can can limit your resources. Yeah. Or you limit your chances. You can you know. Being the best among the worst people, and that's not good. Yeah. So if relocating poses more opportunities than risk and threats, yeah, that is a way that we will go. But um, so far so good. Yeah. 
um, being in Tanzania is one of the best things because every main, a lot of things are untapped. Yeah. So if you just tap it right, yeah, and things just flow. I remember when I used to do this thing, uh, that is coding and all that. Mm. Not extensively though, but during my field prime coding years, right? <laughs> prime coding years, but mainly uh, during my field days, we will really break down these startups, uh, these products that we were making. And the thing was, you know, you're going to be the next unicorn. You know, it has always been that, you know, we are going to take you to silicon. We have even silicon da. So I want you to tell me about that thinking pattern, that yeah. um, creating unicorns. And how does that make you feel mm-hmm. when you are really like thinking about smart darasa and the scalability of it? Are you really thinking going, let's say, throughout Africa Oh, you're mostly interested in making sure that in every school in Tanzania, first, that this system is adopted and is working and it, it is actually giving up results. So speaking of unicorns, um, unicorns are companies that have acquired, uh, reached the $1 billion valuation. Yeah. Like, so that's the metric of a unicorn for you. Listeners maybe who don't know about that. Yeah. Smart Darasa is, is for Africa and that's number one thing. Yeah. And it's it's more than just, you know, a solution that helps education. Yeah. It's reshaping generations. Mm. It's, you know, reshaping Africa in terms of um the outcome. Because you you'll have countries saying they have not enough doctors yeah. and, and competent engineers. Mm. More than fifty six percent of doctors in the sub Saharan after they cannot deliver an efficient uh, baby delivery after just finishing uni. Yeah. All those numbers are really bad. Only 12% of students who have taken um, these STEM subjects take STEM professions. So you see, um, when you do all that combination, you see, okay, we have a problem in education. Yeah. Maybe it is made, maybe it is created that way. Maybe yeah. it is, you know, we don't want to know the past, but we can actually change the future. Yeah. That is what we wake up doing every day. Yeah. You know, we, we don't position ourselves building it. When you position, when you put your mindset in building a unicorn and a unicorn, Yeah. I think we may fail, I think. I'm not that sure. Yeah. But we're, we're going for value first. We're going into impact. Yeah. We're going to for um, actually making this a solution that can be used anywhere, any place. Yeah. We're going to a solution that can really help students pass the examination. Not by cramming, but by deeply understanding what they learn. Yeah. So that first, Unicorn should hit us on the way. Yeah. But we're looking for creating that first, the value. People should really, really get this. I've seen companies that are trying to chase valuations. Yeah. They end at the end of the day because you're trying, trying to grow fast. You're even breaking the nature values, but at the end of the day, nature is nature. Yeah. Need to provide value for actually people to give you money. Yeah. Instagram ads without providing value can't help. Yeah. So yeah, Smartass has been going organically. Our downloads are organically. The biggest marketing um, thing is Instagram. Yeah has been growing, even its own following has grown by how many? Uh, I think now it's 300% since last year, May. So organically, uh, we're loving the process. Mm. But we're also seeking outside challenges to really um, make us have impact. So yes, we we, we are chasing for value first rather than um, just being the next unicorn. Being a young person, I know 
it's rarely a case. I'm 40. Uh, Do you know that I'm 40, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it's always a rare case to just have one project that you're running. Mm. Are you having another side project that you're currently uh, running that you're passionate about? Yeah. So um, to me, um, I entered tech in 2020. I joined Smart in 2021. Yeah. So I started out with my own company called Moon Tech. Yeah. Moon Tech, yeah, is providing African solutions for African problems. Yeah. Tech solutions. Yeah. Our first project is Campus Plus. Yeah. It is provide ease of access of information and communication in higher learning institutions. Yeah. So we are now in beta testing. So that has been my initial project. Yeah. Now, I met Elias in 2021. I was looking for, um, I, I had the company that has much business acumen, yeah. but lacks in tech. Yeah. And Elias had a company that had tech acumen, but lacks in business. Yeah. So we decided to do this skills exchange in both companies. So yeah. he provides the tech guidance. I provide the business assistance. Yeah. So I've, I don't talk much about Campus Plus because it was in development. Now it's at beta testing. Yeah. It will soon be out. So that has been my side project in this. So yeah, juggling between the two companies and what, and somehow, you know, the teams are yeah. interoperating between the two companies. So yeah. that has been a beautiful process, but a stressful one yeah. financially and mentally and everything, you know, mm. but it's beautiful. What about the real estate one? That's my girlfriend's, uh, my girlfriend's um, startup mm. called, uh, called Bryson. So yeah. she's really doing a good job. Yeah. And she's also into tech, um, startups and what, and, um, yeah, that's my girlfriend's startup. <laughs> How do you two work together when it comes to these projects? Is it easier because you have another person that thinks like you? I've been looking for a person who is doing something. like I've been looking for a hustler, say. Yeah. So that is what, who I wanted to, you know, have a long-term tweet. Yeah. A hustler. So I met her and I was like, whoa, whoa, you're doing this, whoa, whoa, and this, whoa, and this is how you started, whoa. Yeah. I love you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So um, I don't interfere with what you do. Yeah. We just provide each other, you know, some suggestions. Okay, this is, I want to do this. Okay, if you're creating a pitch deck, I'm good at pitch decks. You know, maybe use Canva, use what, 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 you know? Yeah. So it's just providing a professional experience in work, but we're trying to put work out of our way when we're, you know, in our own relationships. And um, I've, Found a woman who is understanding and, you know, um, smart. Yeah. She's good in her own thinking. Her startups make money than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know how smart she is? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the real estate thing. I don't involve in it 100%. No, no, no. But yeah. I, you know, suggestions and what, you know, support. It's yeah. love. Yeah. yeah. Real estate. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, pun intended. So... Let's move slightly off um, that track and mm. move to a very interesting story that um, mm. was the beginning of me knowing you. Okay. And um, I remember it was the day that we were talking about Wakinga and all mm. that. Psychology and, of Money Review. Yes, the Psychology of Money Review. We started talking about witchcraft. Mm. And then you mentioned Tego, which is a practice in your tribe, the Kinga tribe. Mm. So... That talk to me still stick to, to this date because it was really like something that just popped out, but it was really interesting to find someone who understands how that one works. I know you're a proud Kinga. Yep, yep, so yep, just yep. for my mm-hmm. listener, let's talk about Tego and how it works. So Tego is not initially created by Kingans. Yeah. We're just known famously because there's really big incident that happened back in the days. Yeah. 
So it's created by people from Bea. I don't remember the actual tribe, but it's it's a really small tribe that is going to extinct right now. Yeah. But it's those are the guys who create it. Mm-hmm. Tego, how it works is that um it's like a time bomb. Yeah. So um if you've done something bad to me and it's really bad, maybe a rape or something to somebody of my clan. Yeah. So I go set like, okay, your whole clan disappears. Yeah. I can set a frequency like every month one person dies. Yeah. Or every six months, if I don't want you to get suspicious. Yeah. Every six months somebody dies. Well, oh, he had an accident. Oh, you know. So Tego goes that way. And Wikingans are known for that. It's it's an abolished practice though. Yeah. But it was with the Nyakusa. The Nyakusa, um, the Kingans are, are really close, not yeah. that much far. Yeah. They came and stole the Kingans tribe cows. We had really big cows back in the days. Yeah. And we would just leave them in the forest and they could feed themselves and everything. Yeah. And then Husa stole our cows. Yeah. So um, after selling our cows, my ancient fathers went and asked them, guys, have you seen our cows? Yeah. They're like, no, we haven't seen your cows and we'll get out of here and watch. Yeah. So the Kingans went to that tribe. Yeah. Amen. They've stolen our cows. Yeah. You know? And the guys, are you really sure? Yes. Lotion is, there was something, something. And yeah, they stole the cows. So, King and Set at Tego, I think it was monthly. Yeah. Every month somebody was dying yeah. in the Nyakusa tribe. And from then they were like, fear the Kingans. Yeah. They have something called Tego. Yeah. You know, so from then um, it got be it got used when something bad happens to a particular clan. Yeah. Yeah, something really bad, like a rape or something. So somebody actually uses it. Yeah. So since then it has um, disappeared over time. Yeah. Right now it's not there, but um, it's a kind of history that I got from um, um, the, uh, my forefathers. Yeah. Yeah. tego. It's like there is a practice that you have to do it, yeah. um, but you uh, and very few people used to have that power to do it. Yeah. Because it happens uh, because you have your person from a clan has actually done some something bad. Yeah. The person. Yeah. So um, that's uh, it. It was a process. And uh, yes, somebody very, uh, it's a special practice that has to be done to actually remove it. I forgot about it, but it involves even going to the graveyard and doing what, what, what. Yeah. Drinking some special, um, some special, what do we call it? Drink. Mixed it's a drink. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Somebody creates a mix of drink and of herbs and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's gone. Yeah. Uh, but until it's gone, you you it's it's very hard to know that you guys have been tegwad. Yeah, yeah. So the geography of the Kingas, mm. because it has been a famous tribe, mm. and over recent times, even though you guys have been existing existing for a very long time. Mm. But tell me the geographical location of you guys. Where mm. are you guys located between Mbea and Iringa? So um, Kingas, uh, it's a very small tribe. Yeah. Kingans are really small, and most of us have come from Zambia. Okay. So Kusiluka is my clan, uh, uh, came from Zambia. Yeah. I think this is the, like, uh, fifth generation. Mm. We're really small. We're really rare. Yeah. But um, we have this business acumen, and also we, we used to, our landscape is in the mountains. Yeah. So um, that is where, so Njombe, it's really, it's a really cold place because it's really high. Yeah. Like Moshi or Arusha. Yeah. The cold is really uh, high yeah. compared to even Arusha and Moshe because we're really far. Yeah. So our landscape is in the mountains. Yeah. We have two rainfalls. Uh, we have, I think, yeah, I think 
one season more of rainfall compared to other people. Yeah. That is why Kingans could do their, you know, their farming activities. Yeah. Then go farm for other people. Yeah. Then go sell pots and everything. So it was a, a business culture that was there in those uh, days. Yeah. That went down to generations and generations. Yeah. Up to now, yes. It's because of the landscape and the, you know, the geographical yeah. advantage. You're a proud Kinga. Because uh, for real. I remember one time you had uh, taken us through a journey of you showing us the foods, mm. the local king oh, yeah, foods. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. You were documenting them yeah, yeah, in the yeah. mountains. Yeah. And every day there is this particular food. Tell me about the practice of preparing uh, like one dish that is very, very famous in the Kinga culture. No, okay. One unique thing that we have in Kingans is the bread that we used to you know, have tea with. Yeah. Katewangan, we call it bumunda. Yeah. So you, you, you prepared all, you made of pure grain. Yeah. Then you put it in there. Now it's our traditional, in town you could put it in the oven, but you have to put a pot full of, um, a pot full of ashes in the below. Yeah. So that fire goes directly to it. Then you put um, another charcoal on top of the top uh, pot. Yeah. So that makes the bread, you know, um, uh, <laughs> that's another process. <laughs> so to the core. Yeah. And uh, that's really tasty with milk. So that is the, thing people know us for yeah. right now, but we have this practice of preparing pork okay. that uh, was used in the ancient times. Mm. So um, my grandfather, specifically great grandfather, yeah. you know, um, there's a really a healthy way of preparing pork. Yeah. So when they slaughter a pig, take that meat, you, you go put it in the river yeah. for a week. Mm-hmm. We have running rivers, a lot of running rivers in at our place. Yeah. So they, he sinks it in the river for a week. Yeah. So what happens is that when water passes through the meat, it yeah. takes away all the fat. Yeah. You see? Yeah. I mean, that's why when you eat pork meat in Bongo, you, you just get tired of it easily. Yeah, because after of the Because there's a lot of fat. Yeah. Now that process used to remove all the fat. Yeah. So if it could be uh, right now, you could have... A pipe on one end, uh, an equipment that you put meat in between, then another pipe in the other end. Yeah. So you put water running, yeah. like the whole wick. Yeah. But because Iringa is cold, mm-hmm. it doesn't get you know rotten or something. Yeah. So um, you do that, then you come and um, roast the meat. Yeah. Now that meat you can never get tired of it, and it's really tasty. Yeah. Because there is no um, uh, fat on it. Yeah. That is the famous practice of preparing pork. Yeah. It is absent, but I think I'm going to open kusi. Yeah. Kusi pork. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the far future though. Yeah. But it's a place where you could get the actual taste of um, pork that we, we Kingans are yeah. uh, used to create. Mm. Yeah. So there's some special, um, there's some special, um, what do we call those, the add-ons and things that you used to put. Yeah. And that's the secret, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. Among many things that the Kingans are known for, I think business is one major one. Yeah. And uh, Ubahili, of course, on the side. 
but business acumen to. is really, really high. Tell me about this. I know you have told me about you being able to work many, many seasons because you have food now, but you could really work on other people's farms. You could, you know, prepare pots and all that. Mm-mm. Are you supposing that also your ability to work on business came automatically because of that? Um, yeah, I mean, we've all, we've all read outliers. Yeah. They say that the traits that are in generations have been created over time. Yeah. And even if you think that we're in the, you know, what is it called this? Globalization and everything that you can actually mix, but you actually have the traits of your forefathers. Yeah. If your forefathers were angry people, yeah. you have a trait of anger in you. Yeah. So King is due to the, you know, weather advantage and everything used to be traders. Yeah. Really good traders. My great grandfather was a really rich man due yeah. to the stories. When our clan lost it down in the, in the way. Yeah. So my whole, um, the generation of my father's, the whole um, family was, you know, my dad wanted to be a teacher and all the six um, siblings under him yeah. are teachers. Yeah. My dad is now into um, government work. Yeah. My grandfather's generation was there, were teachers. Yeah. Now, my great-grandfather was a businessman. Yeah. Now, due to hardships, he died early and everything. So my grand, my grandfather went into jobs and now everybody followed the cause. Yeah. I've been born in that family. I've been born in that culture, the working culture. But since then, I was a rebel since beginning and I didn't fit in. I didn't see when, you know, if you could have asked me back in the days, who do you want to be? I wanted to be a scientist. Yeah. Not to be a scientist, but in my mind, it was an inventor. Yeah. So I can actually create things and mm. sell them. Yeah. That's a business man in disguise, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that is what I wanted to be. I've had that in my brain. So I, uh, that is why I say I was lucky early on to know who, what I want. Because when I was in form two, I failed a lot of science subjects. So my parents would go to business. I was like, I want to go science subjects. Yeah. So I forced my way in. Yeah. I finished my O level. I passed the science subjects. A, Bs, B plus and what? Yeah. I went to advance, I passed. Now in university, they wanted me to go in the science professions. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't want to science professions. I mm. want business professions. Yeah. So I was lucky to actually know what I want. Mm. But among all things, I thought, I really saw it that I don't fit in the work culture. Yeah. Why? I don't know. But I, and I want, when I see everybody was around me was a, a working person. Now I was like, how, how, where does this come from? Yeah. How does it happen that I, I want to do business and everybody else is, my mom and my dad said, oh, working people. Yeah. So I, when I came to understand the history, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. It makes sense now. And now that's, that's the kind of thing you see in Moana, like we were voyagers. Yeah. And now we can actually, you know, we're the masters of the sea. Yeah. You know, but we lost it somewhere. So it was like, oh, yeah. yeah. An epiphany. And that is why I'm, I'm hustling this much. That is why I'm doing this much. I've been doing businesses, weeping businesses since I was 14, I think. Yeah. So various businesses I've started companies, more than 13 businesses and companies since then. Yeah. I've been a farmer, I've been a music producer, I've been a video director, I've been a car photographer, I've been a lot of things just to make ends meet. And this would fail, I'd start another thing, I'd sell perfume door to door, I'd sell what, what, what. Yeah. So all of that to just find myself and okay, now I found myself. Okay. Mm. Business people, that is why. So yeah, that has been in the blood and it's in a lot of king guns. Yeah. Just feel to start a business and the beauty is that we support each other. Yeah. If you're really telling King and you want to go to China, they 
help you with capital. They loan you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes interest free. Yeah. Start a business at Career Call. They teach you the ways. Yeah. You're in it. So right now, when they say Kingans have pushed away Indians and Chagas at Career Call, it's real because we actually pull from the rats. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's uh, it has been there in history and mm. it's now in the culture. I can offer Fred Wunja Bay and the like. Yeah. So we're doing our best. And um, when you talked about frugality. Yeah. 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 So that's the basic discipline. Mm. The Bible talks about it, you know. Yeah. Use your money wisely. The person who doesn't use his money wisely will soon, you know, go broke. Yeah. The Bible is about management. You know, a person who couldn't manage the one, the one talanta. Yeah. Was taken away from him. Yeah. But the people who multiplied the talanta. Yeah. And managed to, you know, got more. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think we have, we've had that um, discipline. Yeah. So it was in a form, um, back in the days when they were going farming to other places. Yeah. They would have that grain, that grain um, bread. Yeah. And eat it for a long time, not buying the local foods that were yeah. available there. Yeah. So um, it has been taken over time and it's the discipline that it's actually in the holy books. It's actually in the business world. Yeah. And kings have been doing it uh, informally and now formally and it's going on. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> Are there tribe secrets? And when I mm. say tribe secrets, I mean, other things that Kingans are known for, uh, or these are just, you know, fables that, you know, that the Kingans are very good when it comes to witchcraft manenos. Is this really the case? Or it is just, you know, a shortcut way of thinking about otherwise these very important things that you've just mentioned. Okay. Um, yeah. Witchcraft. I mean, uh, they talk it in a way because yes, it, it in the past during, uh, associated with business management. Yes, like yeah, yeah, yeah. So business has to be passing through uh-huh. you know some bits of mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. let's lace it with uh, you know our grannies uh, you know magic and secrets. Mm-hmm. Yes, as much as I want to say it's true, but it's the normal construct of life. Like the ways people use you know when you're not successful as somebody else. Yeah. Find reasons like Mo is the richest man. And I mean, his dad was a business person. And so that is why he was born in a wealthy family and what. Yeah. It actually takes balls to grow 200 billions to, you know, trillions company, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that has been the Kingans. The Kingans have that uh, business thing in their blood. Yeah. Some of them, maybe, I'm not going to speak for all of them. Yeah. It's the world of 80-20. So let's say even when <laughs> it happens much in the USA, when there's a killing by a police officer, they say um, some the some of us are bad apples. Yeah. 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 So there's some bad apples, maybe 20%. Yeah. That actually use witchcraft and the like. Yeah. So when the people see the bad apples, one bad apple, they assume the whole crate of apples is bad apples. So. Yeah. Um, the Kingans have, there have been those practices, um, but from a community or network of people I know right now, I haven't heard about it. Yeah. The past it was there. So when um, that becomes the public notion, it's actually hard to change it until people see it otherwise. Yeah. If, if the public chooses to actually change that perception. Yeah. But yeah, we're proud of it. We're still working on it. Yeah. Uh, let the people say, but we're still working and making our uh, our tribe great. Yeah, and I think it's it's really a great thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're also an avid reader. Oh yeah, very much so. So tell me about your reading um, schedule. Like, how do you read? Okay, 
So um, I used to read one book a month. Yeah. Until I joined Hakima Book Club. Yeah. So I met a person reading um Neelam. Yeah. Neelam reads a lot of books. Yes, yes. Like a 20 lot. books a month. I was like, how can you read 20 books? A month? Yeah. She was giving me a schedule. It's She's obsessed with books. Yeah. All the time, all the time. Walking, reading, hearing an audio book. I had the office reading a, a book. I was like, okay, I should step up my game, you know? Yeah. So I tried to find a balance and I was like, okay, I can do a one book a week. Yeah. So I started, I, from January, I was putting my goals to read four books a month. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd mix them up. I, I want a personal development book. I want a book about business. Yeah. I want a book, a Hikima Book Club book. Yeah. That is constant. Yeah. And I wanted a book about leadership, networking, yeah, communicating with people, networking. Yeah. So those are the goals. I want four type of books to build me in four different areas of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I've managed to, you know, maintain. And yeah, like this this month I've read two. Yeah. I'm going to read the Tankuvute um, yeah. this week. Yeah. And finish the book of watch to make it four books. Nice. So yeah, it's tight. And what I do is after a morning run, I try reading a book at least 30 minutes. Yeah. And after that, when I get into public transports, I read only books. I don't want to touch WhatsApp. Yeah. So I don't want to touch social networks and what I read books, read books during public transports, especially when I'm traveling to going to, you know, we met when you were going to Mbeya, right? Yeah. I was reading the book the whole trip. Yeah. So I try to put a discipline. Now that's the king and thing. Yeah. Discipline, right? Mm. So yeah. So I try to put my own self-discipline in actually completing these books. Yeah as a commitment and targets to actually finish this book. Yeah. I love it. Have you seen any change through reading books? Yeah. You can, you, sometimes it happens um, subconsciously, you know, like uh, during this conversation, we've used um, concepts from outliers. We've used concepts from the psychology of money. Yeah. So that comes from inputting knowledge in yeah. your brain. Mm. So as you say, the Bible guy. So even in um, Proverbs, yeah. So he's a businessman who increases his um what we call it wisdom. There is before what is it called? Knowledge. Yeah. To be super successful. Mm-hmm. And also, um yeah, so when you know a lot of things, um you you your brain subconsciously creates different ways of approach. Yeah. What happens in when you when you see a new thing, yeah, your subconscious mind t- tries to pull various data to make to to make you take an action yeah so if you've never been uh maybe a person with um with a with a knife is coming towards you yeah it will even try to pull things from the movies to just attack that person yeah that happens daily without us knowing or even feeling it yeah so um that is what happens when you read books you get a lot of knowledge and the beauty is that you get to learn from other people's experience yeah you know i'm just 25 but when you know when you sit with people and, you know, talk, yeah. people think I'm 30 or something, yeah. you know? Mm. And it's just because, you know, there's a lot of content that I'm able to assimilate with what they're speaking and give an example about it and also relate to it, relate to what they are talking. Yeah. Because I've learned from somebody's experience. Yeah. I can read a book and just co- come out with one concept. Yeah. Like it's one concept called um, Trust the Barber. Yeah. It's a concept. I don't even remember the book. Yeah. I remember the concept. It's like when you go in a new city. Yeah. You go in a saloon. Yeah. You're really skeptical on him, you know, touching your hair. Yeah. You know, trimming the way you want it and everything. So you'll be uh, explaining him to do it every time. But it says that's wrong. Yeah. Because when you're trying to, you, you're making him nervous. If he's nervous, 
Yeah. When it's wrong, um, you'll blame him, but it's actually the work of both of you too. Yeah. When he's right, um, he, you know, he has done a good job. Yeah. So trust the barber is a philosophy that when you go in that saloon, yeah. just say what you want. I need a fresh cut, maybe yeah. a fresh prince cut yeah. and sit and trust the barber. Yeah. Let him do the work. Yeah. When you take the trust the barber thing, yeah. put it in business. When you employ people, trust the people. Yeah. You see? Mm-hmm. So when you're giving um, maybe uh, something or a task for people to do in a teamwork thing, trust each every person. Yeah. If it's a bad thing, yeah, we've gone bad. Yeah. But if it's a good thing, yes, we've done good. Exactly. But if you try to intervene with the process, yeah. most of the chances you'll make it bad. Because that person is nervous around and everything. So you can see how the books helps change the whole philosophy. Yeah. Things, yeah. You're currently reading Muhubiri, by the way. Yeah, Muhubiri. I finished it this morning. You actually. finished it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I started this thing, you know. So um, per day, I yeah. would read three verses. Yeah. So I started with Ayubu. I read three verses per day and I finished Ayubu. Yeah. I went to Zaburi, finished the Zaburi. Yeah. Went to Mithali, finished the Mithali. Yeah. Uh, now I'm in, I finished Mohobiri today. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll start with Wimbo. Uh, so no, Wimbo, Wimbo Yobora. Yeah. yeah. As much as we're trying to disconnect ourselves with the holy places, yeah. the holy um, reading, I mean, and people should, should, should not confuse me on this. Yeah. A religion and um, the word are two different things. Yeah. You know, religions are man-made practices, mm-hmm. you know? But it says the, the, the word is the truth and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. There's a lot of things that when you read the word, it's different from what you see in your religions. Yeah. For example, let me ask you a question. When you cheat or your wife cheats, what does the religion tell you? Forgive, richer for poor, for us and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but with what, exception to that. Exception to cheating? Yeah. All right. They preach about that. Even if your wife cheats, just forgive and everything. Hmm. Yes. That has to be a new But new, when you new, read new um, Matthew, Matthew yeah. chapter 5, I think, uh, verse 32. Yeah. It tells you when you leave your wife for anything, Other excluding than, cheating. Yes. You're making um, her. Yes. But when she cheats, you're allowed to leave your wife. Yeah. But religions won't tell you that. They'll say, stay with her, yeah. forgive and what. So the religion and the word are two different things. Mm-hmm. When a person um, maybe uh, does adultery, yeah. the religious the religion says, you know, she, he or she should stay out of the group and everything. But what does Jesus say? Yeah. Welcome them all, yeah. everything. Mm. Religion tells us, um, do not, you know, when you're a Christian, don't be with Muslims and everything. Yeah. But Luke chapter 16 says, go to the um, learn from the people of this world. Yeah. Because when you're a Christian, you turn people as other people as people of this world. Yeah. It says, go to them. Yeah. Learn their ways of making um, wealth. Yeah. Because they know they, you, they they are wise enough. Yeah. To, 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 to gain wealth. Yeah. That's why many Christians are poor. Yeah. Because you just follow your religion. You don't follow the word. So uh, reading the word is part and parcel of my life. Yeah. Because uh, you escape a lot of things. When you read Mithali, you know. It tells you who is a bad woman. Yeah. Who is a good woman. Who is a good wife. Yeah. So when you're just, you know, going around with yeah. your life, mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to, as much as people try to escape this, but I really urge people to read the books. Yeah. yeah. To read them. Yeah, yeah. And really like reflect on them. Yeah. It is a guide to life. Yeah. The Quran, the Bible, I've read them both. Yeah. And they're all beautiful. Mm. Speaking the same language. Yeah. Most people, are, you know, uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a what? Muhammad is what? 
Jesus is what, but did you get the message? Yeah. Forget the messenger. Mm. Did you actually get the message? Yeah. You know, yeah. treat your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Did you get the message? You know, so that's the really big paradox that we have. But you know, read the word, man. Read the word. Read the word. <laughs> yeah. So you're also a very good runner. Not oh, necessarily, yeah. but you have just started running. <laughs> no, I haven't started running. I've been running since 20, I don't know, 15. Hmm. Yeah. But you run very short distances now. Yep. What is the what is what what is the guiding principle to that? But to me in life, it's yeah. efficiency. Mm-hmm. I mean quantity quality over quantity. Yes. You see? I run five in two kilometers. Yeah. But I want to make the best out of five two point two kilometers. Yeah. So I run my best run. I break my own records yeah. in running 5.2 kilometers. Just that. Yeah. Because number one, I have limited amount of time. Yeah. Running two startups, running my personal life, running family resources and everything. Yeah. But number two is efficiency is the name of the game. Running 10 kilometers to me, uh, inefficient and running five efficiently. Yeah. I'll choose five over 10 every yeah. time. Yeah. You know? So um, to me, it saves time. Yeah. But it also tastes, uh, it's, it gives me a, a chunk of, task that I have, it also fuels the discipline of along the day. Yeah. Because what happens with disciplines is one discipline fuels the other. Yeah. So when I run, I have the discipline to go to the office on time. Yeah. I have the, the discipline to read. Yeah. But when you don't run, you lose on another discipline. You say, ah, okay, I haven't even run today. Why should I go to the office? Why should I? Yeah. I'm self-employed. So you have to have your own self-discipline, the king and part, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So running affects my life not only in you know, having a good physical body, yeah. which is one of my goals, yeah. but also to, you know, reinforce the disciplines in my life. I have to run four times a week. Yeah. Also, the best I can do is run four times a week, regardless. Yeah. yeah. Was going bold a decision? <laughs> <laughs> bold, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you go bold, you don't go back. Yeah. So um, going bold, uh, man, it's always a painful decision. What happened? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly is that I've inherited the bold traits from my dad. Okay. And also, I'm, I'm really young. So I started using, yeah, I think when I was 21, I think. Mm. It's that moment I had, you know, it started early that my hair would grow and not exceed a certain point. Yeah. I'd rather to go longer, but it wouldn't. It mm-hmm. just wouldn't. Yeah. So I started to experience the effects mostly when I was in. Yeah. The front part would grow less than the back and what and what. So you start to go to the barber and reshape. At a point, I was like, ah, I hate this. Yeah. I'd shaved the whole head and that was the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it never grew the same. Yeah. So after a while, I was like, ah, why? You know, why Why should I, you know? You know, let's try to keep this little piece of hair that is left. So why should it just go bald, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I just love myself regardless. Yeah. That's the beauty, the strong weapon that I have. So like, hey, your peers have hair and everything, but hey, bald man, you know? Yeah. Nyama mwingi. Unyama is a state of mind. Yeah. Unyama is not a person. Unyama, Unyama is, is not a cloth. Unyama is a state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You're leading a very intense life when I look at it. You know, running a startup, family stuff, yourself, mm. and all that. And babe. <laughs> what else do you, what do you do when you want to calm down? You know, like, all right, this is Kusi's time. No work, no nothing. What do you do? To me, the only thing that I come down is sleeping, man. Sleeping is the only thing. Yeah. Because, you know, the word. Yeah. <laughs> the word says work six, rest one day. Yeah. That's the ratio. Yeah. Right. So even during the day, work. Okay. So it's um six out of seven times 24. Yeah. You know, then you rest the other part. Because 
um, that's how to, you know, actually function. And when you actually do that, it's, you know, even not working creates stress. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that makes it really, it's carefully created to, to make the best out of you. Yeah. And one of the goals to me was, you know, making an impact. Yeah. So number one thing is efficiency to me. Mm. So it's using this time. To me, it was a vow. Using my age, my, 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 my time from 20 to 30. Yeah. To connect with people as much as I can. That was why you see me on events yeah. as much as I can. Yeah. You know, learning as much as I can. Yeah. I believe these four books a week can actually depreciate over time. But right now, yeah. I have the time, I have the energy to learn for books. Uh, you know, running, having a good body as much as I can. Everything to do as much as I can. Because it's the only time you're on your prime. Even your, they they say um, the libido starts dropping from 30. Yeah. So the men, it starts automatically by nature. Yeah. So this is your prime. Mm. I mean, you're free now from your parents' shackles and everything. Come home by five and what, what, what by 11 p.m. and what, what, what. Yeah. Now you have the time to actually create. That's the beauty that humans, humans are given the power to create. Yeah. It's my only time that I want to do the best to create the future I want. Yeah. And man, it's bright. I don't want to tell you, but it's bright. It's very bright. So I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying my best to do it. Now. Are you one of those people who think about retiring early? Yeah. I mean, the essence of life. Yeah. Is living a good quality life. Yeah. Regardless, you, 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 I, I don't believe in having a lot of money, holding a lot of money. Yeah. If you're not living a good quality life. Mm -hmm. That is why I have my own discipline besides everything else. Yeah. Besides the company, I should have my own discipline. Yeah. Number one is running, eating good. Yeah. Living the, so that I can have a good quality life. Yeah. So to me, traveling, enjoying the world, exploring, that's a good quality life. I won't remember the billions. You so when you read books now, you get to realize. So these people were chasing money, maybe a person was chasing, and later he says it's not worth it. Suleiman in Muhubiri. Yeah. He says Ubatilim uh, Tupu. He was the richest man in the world. Yeah. He had all the women and everything. Yeah. So he says um, the biggest ba ba kubwa lolena chini ajua. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, being single and searching for money. He says it's all oh, useless. <laughs> so a quality life involves balance. Yeah. And that's what God says. Kila kitu kwa kiasi. Yeah. I've just read in Muhubiri, atakuwa na haki kupita kiasi nishida. Exactly. And you're not supposed to be that righteous. It's a problem. Yeah. You know, nishida. Inakwambia na yo, puaste. Nakuwa mbaya sana na yo, nishida. So you balance the life, you know. Nakuwa even smarter. Yeah. It even says that. Yeah. Kuwa na hekima nishida. Yeah. Yeah, when you say, uh, I'm, the, I'm the wise person on earth and it's a burden rather yeah. than a, a blessing. blessing. You see? So the balance of life is my own philosophy, having a good quality life. Yeah. So that is why retiring early is one of the things. I'm hustling now so that I can have, I, I know I'm going to have, you know, money and everything. Yeah. But I want to have time for my kids. Yeah. So if I get a kid now, until he or she has common sense at age of six, seven. Yeah. I want to have that time then. Yeah. There's I'm hustling a lot now, make money now. Yeah. Or in the next uh, three, four years. Yeah. There's why when um, my kid is at six and seven, I can go to parent meeting, you know, silent, silent time and everything. So it's part of the goals, I'm telling you. Yeah. Personal goals. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the 360 about. That's a very interesting take on things. And um, I really, really like like to hear you know that dynamic of you know how to calculate um your time 
because you know it, it might not really be a very famous way of doing it mm. you know like out of fear you know like i plan god plans of course but there is something that is very assuring when you have like okay this is how i want to lead my life or this is the direction that i'm taking now mm-hmm. and i'm not really going to be veering off so much out of this particular direction that i'm taking so kusi do you listen to any music yeah i do what's your favorite they call it r&b i think yeah yeah that type of music is um one of the type of music i love to you know i love as i said efficiency i love things that have a reason yeah so on uh, listening to trap you know it's like uh, i can i can really understand you know yeah uh back in the days maybe when you're drunk in the club and everything yeah you know you know yeah, you can vibe to it but it's not something you'll find me in my own comfort listening to listening to it. it so i love to make a meaning out of the words yeah. listen to the words and okay these words relate to me if it's a heartbreak song if it's a love song if it's an uh, you know an inspiring song if it's a motivating song yeah and it should make sense yeah. and that's that's to me so everything should make sense that's the curse and the blessing yeah so i love r&b because you know they sing things that you know it's uh, love songs you know heartbreak i can relate with heartbreaks when i'm heartbroken and everything yeah and beautiful to me that's the kind of music i love maybe um some reggae vibes yeah know? well yeah you if you know bob marley sings about you know good family values if yeah. they grow up without their fathers who gonna tell them what is wrong who's gonna tell them what is right yeah that is a meaning out of a song yeah so i really love music with a meaning it can be reggae it can be blues it can be even the weekend says in blinding lights this blinding lights um what does he say um i've been phased out by the blinding lights or something like that so right now i'm not going to be phased anymore so that's It's just a spectrum of music. I go with whatever mood takes me, yeah. but mostly R&B. Kusi, thank you very much for giving us your time today. Thank you for your time. I wanted us to finish too. on a very high note. Okay. If you are to write a biography, uh, what would be the title? Of my life? Yes. Wow, that's a, a punch in the face, Michael Tyson says. I call it the title? Yeah. <laughs> I'd call it... Being cozy, I think. Yeah. And they're, they're down to be the life of M. Kinga, you know. <laughs> I should end that way, you know, being cozy. I mean, I mean, because I'll be speaking about me. Yeah. I'll be talking about my experiences of life. Yeah. It's being cozy. How, how was it? Yeah. How was it so far? And uh, the life of M. Kinga is I, I take pride in my, my tribe. Yeah. Take pride in it. I take pride in what we have accomplished so far. Yeah. Take pride of who we are. So I put that, you know, at the bottom, the, 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 the title too. Yeah. Yeah. So that will be the title being Kusi. Have you seen the color of that book? Yeah, I like, I like light blue or black. I, I don't know. I'll choose something. Yeah. Light blue or black. I think it'll be black, you know, black, black book. Yeah. Writers are welcome now. Um, Kusi's <laughs> accepting. Not now, not now. Ghost no. writers. I'm still, I'm still building. I'm still creating a story. Yeah. Still creating a story. I'm still writing it on my own. Yeah. Uh, there's a point in time I'd like to, you know, to me it's like, uh, when you go to my Instagram bio, it's like create and inspire. Yeah. Oh, um, because sometimes it's always impossible until somebody does it. Mm. So bo- nobody broke a uh, hundred meters, I don't know, for nine seconds. When Bolt did it, you can find it everywhere, people doing it. Yeah. So to me, it's the bigger picture is Africa, you know, Af- African and Africans. Yeah. Um, that mentality of, you know, inferiority and everything. 
I believe when I do something yeah. in, this, in these ways, yeah. I can actually inspire a lot of people to do that. So that is when I'd like to you know, yeah. write a book or something. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kusi. I really do appreciate our time together today. And for my listener, uh, if this is your very first time uh, engaging with the podcast, it always comes out around Wednesday uh, where I have these kinds of conversations. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do because that will make sure that you're getting the episodes whenever they're dropping out. I was your host, Mark Ngotunier. Till the next time, bye-bye.